0: It was a frustrating loss to Colorado, but we've had a little bit of time to stew on it and come up with some conclusions. We're here to talk about the good, the bad, and some takeaways for the Sun Devils loss to the Buffaloes on Saturday on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Sun Devils Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thanks, as always, for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. And, of course, a shout-out to my everydayers who are here every day. Wherever you get those podcasts, hit like, subscribe, turn on notifications to so get an update whenever we post new content. Stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter. You can find me at Brad 36 and the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. This game against Colorado had some highs, had some lows. There were some really good things to take away from this game, and there were some really frustrating things to take away to try and build on. So what we're here to do, as we normally do, is break this game down, talk about the good things that went on during the game, talk about the bad things that happened, and then some main takeaways from this game and what we can take moving forward. So let's go ahead and just get started with the good, you know, start off on a high note. And I think that the best thing that came out of this game was starting to see a little bit of some upward trending from the offense. Trent Borgay came out of this game, 32 of 49 passing. So 60% passer, 335 passing yards. One touchdown pass, which was to Troy O'Mary towards the end of the game, which actually tied the game up and was a really clutch drive. And that's what I want to talk about, too, is that final drive that the Sun Devils had was so important, not just for the framework of the game, but as like a statement moving forward. It was a very, very important drive for the team, 13 plays for 94 yards. I mean... It was third down conversion after third down conversion and good throws. And it it was so, so, so good to see a drive like that. Cause we haven't seen anything like that this year, 13 plays, 94 yards, even better. They did it in two minutes and 36 seconds. They went right down the field and they were efficient and they were smart. They made it work with their playmakers. Elijah Badger was getting involved. They, They were just doing all the right things and you love to see it for more reasons than one. Like I said, obviously in the framework of the game, you're very happy to see that you want to see that your team is taking those strides forward and being able to put yourself in situations where you can possibly win a game. Right. But on the, on the flip side of it, you also were looking at an offense that maybe is going to take this turn it into momentum and be a better team following the bye week and the bye week came at the perfect time. Uh we'll talk about that a little more towards uh the end of the podcast, but this is the kind of drive that hopefully gets everything to start clicking for you, right? Everything can start to fall into place. Is it guaranteed? No, of course not. But This is that drive. This is what you're looking for. This is what we've been waiting for all year. Just efficiency, smart football, take care of it. And that was another thing that Arizona State did a really good job of in this game is they didn't turn the ball over. No interceptions. They didn't lose any fumbles. They did such a great job of just doing what they needed to do to move the ball down the field. 392 total yards of offense. You got to remember that there were five sacks in the game. So they were well over 400 yards of total offense in this game. Did it through the air. They got a little bit on the ground. Nothing too crazy uh, for what it's worth. Trenton Borgay had a couple really nice carries. So dual threat mentality. You're, you're hopefully just going to build on this. I think that this was, arguably your best offensive performance of the year the only other one would probably be the USC game but this felt like a complete effort from the Sun Devils offense the run game wasn't necessarily there we'll talk about that a little later as well but you were getting enough out of it they just were doing so many good things through the passing game right and I mean especially Borgay had a good day but they got Elijah Badger Heavily involved, 12 catches, 134 yards. He was the guy in the passing game. As well he should be. That is your number one receiver and a very good number one receiver. One of the best kept secrets in the Pac-12. He's great. He is got a very bright future ahead of him. It was nice to see him get involved. Uh Troy O'Mary obviously had the touchdown, but he also had a 27-yard pickup in the game. Uh, they were really spreading the ball around. They had uh, 10 players that caught a pass and i want to say like 16 guys got at least one target during the game they were doing a great job getting everybody involved everybody opportunities these guys that each bring their own little unique style to the table they were giving them those opportunities melcon Staval had a good day uh don't let a five catch for 32 yard performance fool you he had a very quality day which is at this point, what we've come to expect out of him, Guillory was solid, four catches, 61 yards. Uh, no one else through the air was like super standout-ish. Messiah uh, Swenson had an 18-yard pickup. I believe he also had a drop, though. Like, Bottom line is the offense did a good job. I was really happy with what I saw. I was even happier with what I saw defensively because in case you don't know, Brian Ward is a brilliant defensive mind. And Arizona State's defense has been so good this year in spite of the points per game, in spite of the yards allowed per game, because you have to take into account circumstance. This is a really good defense. They showed that off against Colorado, one of the worst pass-blocking teams in the league, in, in the country. They got five sacks. That was a bold prediction of mine. I nailed that. Uh, Prince Dorba continues to add to his total. He's up to two and a half sacks on the year, or, uh, he had two and a half in this game. Excuse me. He's up to six sacks on the year, which fun fact is the most that the Sun Devils have had in a single season since 2019, where Jermaine Lole had six and a half. So he's off to a very good start to his year. And as, as he continues to pile up sacks, cause he's not done. He's not going to be done at six sacks. He's going to flirt with 10. I would feel pretty comfortable with him getting 10 sacks. He's just going to continue to pad what has been a very, very special year so far. But other guys got involved as well. BJ Green got there twice for two half sacks. Uh, He should have had uh, another takedown, but they called Shadur Sanders down at the line of scrimmage. So carry for zero yards, not a not a sack. A lot of other guys got involved. Anthony Cooper, Michael Matus, Clayton Smith were all in there for a half sack. They dialed up the pressure, and it was great to see. Another one of my bold predictions was that they were going to hold uh, Shadair Sanders under his uh, yards per game, which was like 356, something like that. It was significantly under. They only allowed 239 yards through the air. They bit down. They did a really good job limiting... What the what uh what the Buffs were trying to do? Xavier Weaver, who I went into the week as like, hey, we got to watch out for this guy, only had two catches for 17 yards. That's pretty efficient. Now he did have a one-yard carry for a touchdown, but you clamp down their number one receiver. Even with that touchdown, he had 18 yards in total on three touches. Did a great job in this game. They did a really good job all around. Like. You had a really good offensive performance. You had a really good defensive performance. You had a great drive to end the game. Everything looked good in this game. Like this was really a game that you can take a lot of positives from and hopefully use that as a momentum moving forward to get that ball rolling and maybe end the year strong. ASU sitting at one and five right now, they've been in pretty much every game this year. Except the Fresno State game, I mean, you could easily be looking at a three-win team right now. You could be looking at a uh, not a four-win team. I would say you could be a three-win team right now because you should have beat Colorado, you should have beat Cal, you should have beat Oklahoma State. Well, I guess that would be four wins. You, I would still stick with three, but in theory, you could be a four-win team. They have played good football defensively, especially. And hopefully this is the kind of of performance that really gets you moving in the right direction when it comes to offensive production. It was really good games, really quality game. Like I said, you just need this to be a building point for you right now. And something that becomes the, the groundwork and the foundation to become a better team. Hopefully that's the case. I loved what I got to see. Um, overall from this game, I would say that there were far more positives to take away from here. than negatives, we're going to talk about the negatives in just one moment before we get that far though. It's time to talk about your game changer of the week brought to you by athletic brewing because much like Elijah Badger, athletic brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. When you get the ball to Elijah Badger 12 times, he's going to turn it into big plays well over the century mark and somebody who was consistently a big component of the offense. Just like what Elijah Badger does, a lot athletic brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They change or excuse me, they make non-alcoholic beers that taste good. They're full flavor and well-crafted just like a full strength beer. They're great tasting. They're award-winning and beat out full strength beers. In a global competition with over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beers, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. You can enjoy them anytime, whether you're watching a game, whether you're tackling work, whether you're working out, or anything else you can think of. And of course, there's no hangovers ever. You can find athletic brewing companies, No Alcohol Brews, in a store near you or buy online online. At athleticbrewing.com. First time customers can use the code LOCKED ON to get 15% off your online order. That's code LOCKED ON at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Out, Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. If you guys have not checked out the LOCKED ON uh, college football kickoff, Every Friday, then you need to do that. It's 11 a.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. Let's get back into our conversation now. Take a look at the negatives from this game. And unfortunately, there there was a few. There was a few negatives in this game. So we'll go ahead and start with the most obvious. And that was the final drive of the game. Defensively, they allowed Colorado to go down the field in seconds. They went down the field in 40 seconds. 38 seconds is exactly what it was. So less than 40 seconds. They went 50 yards down the field. It started off with a 43-yard completion to uh, Javon Antonio. That was a mess. So you look back at that play, and I think they were trying to run a cover three. And... I'm not sure if Roe Torrance didn't understand or had like a miscommunication what the call was, but uh Antonio ends up getting behind him. And once he got behind him, it it was over. He he's just wide open. Because again, I I think they're trying to run a cover three. So so Torrance needs to drop with the receiver and have three guys over the top. And that's not. What happened? So they get that big completion. Thankfully, he's tackled down. After that, you know, the Sun Devils force a quick three plays to force Colorado to kick a field goal, but they do kick the field goal. Alejandro Mata kicks a 43-yard field goal. Colorado takes a 27-24 to 24 lead with just 12 seconds left in the game and is brutal, man. It was just brutal to see you. If you were at the game, you went from the highest of highs from the previous offensive drive, the 13 plays, 94 yards, the length of the field, Troy O'Mary's touchdown. You went from all of that momentum and instantly instantly it was sucked out of out of out of the audience it it just silenced everyone except the buffs fans you could just feel your heart drop in your chest all you could say was you've got to be kidding me it hurt I was on the field for that you know I was recording and I ended up deleting the recording of that play because it it just hurt too much. But so it, it was so tough to see that play happen, especially for a defense that has played as well as it has. To know that it it didn't even matter because one drive is what changed the game entirely. It was it was a completely different moment, a uh, game from that moment. And yes, it was towards the end of the game, but you went from we're gonna send this thing to overtime and we're gonna we're gonna take down Colorado to wow, we're gonna lose. And that's exactly what happened. It was tough. Really, really tough way to go down. That wasn't the only bummer that was going on in the game. The Sun Devils were shooting themselves in the foot, man. Like there was there was a lot of penalties. And first of all, we can attribute it to Pac 12 officiating. There were 17 total penalties in the game, nine for Arizona State, eight for Colorado. There was a lot of plays that had to go under review from the officiating. So if uh, if you're looking for a staple and kind of like the poster image of what we call Pac-12 officiating, it was this game. It was dreadful. But nonetheless, there was a lot of cleanup the Sun Devils had to do. I think the biggest example of that was in the second half, Ed Woods was ejected for a targeting penalty and you just can't have that, man. You just can't have targeting penalties, especially when you're a frustrated team. That's trying to get some stuff going that can't happen. That just inexcusable. It was really tough to see that play go down the way that it did. And not only was he ejected, but because he was ejected in the second half, he will miss the first half of the Washington game in two weeks. That's, a, that's an offense that can throw the football. They've got three number one receivers, Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, and Jalen McMillan. They're going to cruise on you. Like, if you were scared of Shadir Sanders going into this game, then you should not be able to sleep knowing that Michael Penix Jr is coming up. It was tough to see. The penalties were tough, there were holds, there were pass interferences, there was roughing calls, just about everything. And again, we can absolutely acknowledge that the refs had a a major major factor to play in this game. But we can't we also can't assign the loss solely to the refs. They absolutely had a part of it. But the the Sun Devils had just placed them in positions to lose. We can just call it as it is. And I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Jalen Conyers. Now I'm going to make this very brief because to me, this isn't worthy of completely doing a whole podcast on. So I'm going to bring it up real quick. I don't plan to bring it up after this. Jalen Conyers... Tweets out after the game. He had one target during the game. And it came at the very end of the first half. It was a throw into the end zone. That was the only target he got during this game. Conyers put out on Twitter, I was ready. LOL. He deleted the tweet and then deleted this Twitter. It's a bad look. Kenny Dillingham is trying to establish culture here. Kenny Dillingham is trying to build this team in his image. And part of that image is having guys that are selfless team players and want to be there. And that was not an example of that. What I will tell you is Jalen Conner is one of the most talented football players on the field for either team. He is very good at football. He has not been consistent this year, and part of that is the offense. It's not just all him, but you also have to recognize that he's starting to become a detriment with 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 a moment like this. Hopefully, this isn't a sign of things to come, but what you have heard rumblings of is he's not putting full effort into into not training camp into practices right now. It sounds like there's more that he could be doing. If that is true, then I just don't know how you proceed forward. It's, it's really upsetting and it's really troubling to see he's so talented. He should be on the football field for a hundred percent of the plays, but he's not getting out there right now. And it, Sounds like it's not injury related. If that's the case, then you got to have a serious conversation about what to do with Jalen moving forward. I'm trying not to overreact too much. I'm not saying kick him off the team. I'm not I'm not saying to bench him. What I'm saying is if this is a problem, it needs to be addressed, especially during the bye week. I love Jalen. I'll go to war for Jalen. That's one of the most talented players the Sun Devils have on their team entirely. But if this is going to be a persistent problem, which you hope it's not, but if it is, this needs to get fixed very, very quickly. Whatever the resolution is, it needs to come to to, to a fix. I don't know what that resolution is. I don't know if that is benching him until he figures it out. I don't know if that's, if that's, him working things out with Kenny, whatever it is though, you need to come to a solution because this cannot be a continued problem moving forward for the Sun Devils. Guys, I got to talk to you about eBay motors, passion, drive, patience. It's what brings home the winning trophy. And it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights and more. And whether you're in the speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to you as customers. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. Wherever you get your podcast, hit like, subscribe, turn on notifications. We are going to have a very busy next two weeks. I've got just about every single day planned right now. There's going to be football content. And next week, during the bye week, we're going to take a look at the Sun Devils basketball team. We're right about a month away from tip-off. So now is the best time to hit like, subscribe, like, follow, whatever for the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Let's go ahead and wrap it up with some takeaways. I got three takeaways here. We'll power through them. We'll start with the offense. I, I mentioned this earlier I'm I'm thinking that you're potentially starting to see some stuff come together for the team. Trenton Bourget has played solid for the Sun Devils. He's not he's not elite or anything like that, but this was a really good game, a really good building block for him moving forward. And for what it's worth, he has passed for almost 700 yards in the last two weeks. Like they're moving the ball through the air. Trenton Borgay is a big reason for that because he is a little bit of a gunslinger and he's able to get the ball out effectively to his guys. You love to see that from him, especially knowing what's going on at the quarterback position right now with all the injuries. With Borgay being on the field managing the games and getting the most out of his players, that's a big win for you. So you need that momentum to continue moving forward. You have to be happy with what you're seeing right now. You just, you just recorded taking away the sack yards over 400 yards of total offense. And that was with very minimal of the, of the yards accounted for through the run game. Once your run game is back to hundred percent, you're going to be gliding through your competition. So you, you hopefully are starting to get that way with the offense. You're hopefully starting to take those steps forward so that everything is just meshing really well together. This was a very encouraging game. Here's hoping it continues for the team. Next takeaway for you guys. Brian Ward is great. Brian Ward is amazing. The defense is great. Don't be fooled by box scores of points per game and total yards per game. What you need to look at is the individual efforts. You need to look at what's going on during the games. You need more circumstance. The team has 18 sacks on the air. They only have the one turnover. They didn't get one this week. I don't know when we're going to see one, but they're doing a really good job up front. They're getting a lot of really good things done. The pass defense has been quality. I mean, when you hold Shadir Sanders under 300 passing yards, I can't think of bigger wins than that. They're doing a good job, and they've got so much veteran leadership here. You have to be really, really excited with what you're seeing out of the team right now. And I really hope that you guys are buying into this team and this defense, especially the way that I am. Final takeaway for you guys here is the injuries are just killing this team. You can tell that with a Sun Devils team, that's not 100%. They're feeling it, man. Like Kenny Dillingham said in a press conference, they asked him, what are you looking most forward to? He said, I'm looking forward to getting healthy. Like that's where we're standing right now. Going into Saturday's game, I think they only had six. They might have had seven healthy offensive linemen. That's really bad. You need bodies, and the Sun Devils don't have bodies. We're getting to a point where, like, if these guys can't get healthy, you might have to hold tryouts, like open tryouts for these guys to get onto the football field. Just get some walk-ons. Like, you're seriously at that point right now. We'll see what happens. But... Getting healthy is going to really help this team. Whether they stick with Trenton Borgate quarterback or they go back to Drew Pine, no matter what happens in a running back position, if the Carlos Brooks gets really involved again, or if they keep going with Kyson, whatever's going on with the tight end position, the offensive line gets healthier, the defense gets healthier. The injuries are just mounting right now, and it's really, really hurt the team. You wonder if a healthier team beats Cal, if a healthier team beats Colorado, that's where you're starting to get right now. The injuries hurt, no pun intended. You cannot assign the losses entirely onto injuries. But it does make you wonder if the team was a little bit healthier. Would we have at least one more win? Would we have two more wins? That's where we're at right now. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On podcast. I thank you guys as always for tuning in. Wherever you get your podcast, hit like, subscribe, turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. Stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter at RichieBrats36, podcast as well at LO underscore Devils. Like I said, guys, we got a jam packed next two weeks of content. So now is the best time, better than ever to subscribe to the podcast. I'll see you guys all tomorrow. Until then, you keep it locked right here on Lockdown.